After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head -head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits. Thanks for joining us. This is an episode from our back catalog, so the episode numbers and firm name may have changed. But this is quality information, so instead of scrapping them, we decided it was more important to make sure you still had access. Enjoy the episode, and listen to new episodes of David vs. Goliath at dolmanlaw.com. Welcome to the Dolman Law Group Podcast. I'm here with Fred Williams, Dr. Fred Williams from Kingdom Chiropractic. Fred, say hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me today. So today we're going to talk about common car accident injuries. What are you commonly seeing in your office as a practicing physician when an individual is coming from a car accident? Sure. That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. uh, most commonly we'll see uh, whiplash type of injuries in the neck. And that's from a rear end accident. So you're getting Correct. hit. It sounds weird, but you're getting hit in the rear and your head snaps forward quickly. Explain what is whiplash. Correct. So you can have that from uh, front to back or actually getting hit from the side. Uh, it's just jarring and uh, stretching over the muscles and ligaments, which is causing pain in the neck area. Is that, could that be as bad as a, uh, a disc injury? It could be. Uh, it could be more symptomatic, actually. Why? Is that because there's no surgical solution to a, a ligament injury? Correct. It's just soft tissue injury. So, How long does a ligament take to heal? Um, everyone's different. Everybody heals differently. So it, it depends uh, uh, totally on the person. So a lot of cases that I've handled myself as a trial lawyer, the insurance company will take the defense that, you know, a sprain strain injury, which is basically a soft tissue injury, mm -hmm. should, you know, alleviate within four to six weeks. They'll place like a time limit on there mm -hmm. for the purpose of cutting off the uh, patient's benefits. Right. At least from their own insurance carrier or on the other side to minimize the value of the case. Correct. What's to it? I mean, is it, if an individual can, if the, if the ligament injury can last for an extended period of time, a prolonged period of time, why are they limiting it to four to six weeks? What's the science behind that? Well, I think it's more less of the science more so financially because they want to limit uh, how much they're paying out on these cases. Uh, okay. um, sometimes they do fall into that range. So um, there's probably some studies they looked at to substantiate that claim, but um, most folks uh, will take a little bit longer to heal. I mean, it all depends on kind of how they were before they had this accident. Were they in good shape? Were they in good health? Did they have uh, previous damage to those areas? So all those things play a part in it. So if I have any pre-existing injuries, let's say it's a 20-year-old individual that gets into a car accident, rear-end collision. Mm -hmm. So the force obviously translates to the neck, mm -hmm. you know, the uh, flexion extension. They come back, that rapid movement. Does that tear the fibers? Does it tear the muscles? Does it tear the ligaments? Good. That's another good question there. Uh, actually, uh, if it's enough force there, uh, we can see some damage in the ligaments, which would be the ALL or the PLL. Um, and how this is noted, uh, first from the plain film x-rays, if we see any sort of uh, antralosthesis or retralosthesis, that's going to lead us to, um, to the thought of the ligaments being uh, strained or stretched out a bit. Which... What is, is antralosthesis and retralosthesis? Okay, good thing. Good question there. That's the ligament on the front of the spine, the anterior longitudinal ligament, and then the PLO is posterior longitudinal ligament, which keeps the spine, the vertebral bodies in place when you flex and extend, bend your head, uh, keeps everything in place. So if it's enough force there, those ligaments get stretched. And then what happens, the vertebrae slides forward or slides back on the uh, vertebrae below it. Okay, that's angular translation? Correct. Okay, of the spine. Mm -hmm. So when there's a tear to a ligament, what, what do you do? How do you treat that? Well, uh, if it's a tear, those are those are internal, so it's going to heal with time. But uh, the way we document With those, the stretching, rather. Yeah. 
Yeah, just it's going to heal. The body is going to heal. Um, just with some time, um, we have some therapies we can do to help with those kind of uh with those sort of issues. Um, when we when we look at the radiology to determine if there is a permanent injury, we can do uh, looking at the stress films of the X-rays. Uh, we haven't been the head forward and been the head back, and then we look to see if there's any translation of the vertebrae on top of the other. And if it's more than the width of a quarter, then it puts them at a um twenty five percent whole person impairment. That's an impairment rating that. You know, it's it's important for both uh, the patient, from a doctor-patient perspective, to basically explain how severely injured the individual is. It's a rating scale, but very important to the attorney likewise. Mm-hmm. When we submit a demand, oftentimes the impairment rating is what the adjuster will look at to determine the severity of a whiplash injury. Correct. Maybe not so much for disc injuries, surgical cases, but the smaller cases, the whiplash cases, that's how, you know, the insurance company will determine the value. Absolutely correct. And uh, to give the folks a reference point and also... Tell you how important the ligaments of the spine, the integrity of the spine is. That 25% would be similar to if you lost your leg or lost your arm. So um, it's very important to keep the spinal stability. Is that based on a loss of bodily function? Correct. Okay. What other injuries are you seeing at your clinic? Um, you're going to have your, your low back type of uh, injuries. You can have similar uh, injuries to ligaments. They're not as common as in the neck, um, but they do happen there. Uh, anterior longitudinal ligament and posterior longitudinal ligaments. Uh, sometimes get stretched in the lumbar spine, which is the low back. Also very common are um, disc bulges or disc herniations, depending on the severity of the accident. Yeah, that's a question that comes up often, and we can even cover that in a separate uh, video. But mm-hmm. real quick, I know a lot of patients and individuals in general get caught up in the vernacular of a bulging disc versus herniation. And they think herniation is this um, horrible thing that could occur, which I'm not saying it isn't, but mm-hmm. that a bulging disc is much more minimal Mm-hmm. Explain how you can have a herniation but be asymptomatic, meaning you're not feeling any pain, mm-hmm. or and you have a bulging disc that is very painful. Right. Why is that? That's that's also a very good uh, point there you make. Um, the bulging disc and a herniation, this is how I explain it in our office. I tell the folks, listen, think of a jelly donut. If you squeeze it enough, the jelly can show in the hole, but it doesn't come out. That will be more of a disc bulge. And if you press hard on that jelly donut, the material can squirt out, and that's a herniation. Um, so a bulging disc can have different degrees of bulge. And also, it can either come straight to the back posterior or it can go to your left or go to your right. So depending on the position of the person, it can be symptomatic or it can be asymptomatic. Um, and that's all due to the, the type of injury they sustain. The herniations can be asymptomatic, meaning that the, the uh, nucleus pulposus isn't touching any of the spinal nerves, so they won't feel any symptoms, but yet they still have the problem. Yeah, I mean, I know I have from prior auto accidents and prior workups of different physicians, I have three blown discs in my neck, meaning mm-hmm. they're herniated. I don't feel any pain. Correct. Not any problem. And isn't it true when you say that, you know, as the population ages, you know, an individual goes from 25 to 40 years of age, their spine progressively gets worse. Correct. Um, because our bodies are mostly made up of water. And as we age, we do lose some of the water in our body, including inside our discs, because they're mostly made of water as well. So we shrink a little as we get older. We also sleep a little less, require less sleep, and we'll eat a little less. Um, so those are only three things that happen as we age. Anything outside of that will be abnormal in aging. So how do you age a finding on a film? Like say uh, somebody has a herniation and we can't tell if it was if pre-existed the accident or not. How do you determine what's pre-existing versus what is acute and from the accident? Sure. Um, what, what you're referring to here is looking at, looking at the radiology and uh, the findings there. And uh, most of the facilities in town, they do a really good job. They have a radi- radiologist that can easily note it. But it's just looking at the, uh, the either is it... Uh, transparent or is it white? And that will tell you the chronicity of the injuries when we're looking at the uh, radiology. 
shows the disc have fluid or if it's lost complete fluid. Correct. So if it's lost fluid, it's, it's black disc, mm -hmm. that's a generation. Correct. Otherwise, you're looking at an acute injury. Absolutely. What if it was uh, pre-existing and the disc was black already? How do you tell if it, if it grew worse? Can it, can it grow worse? You, I mean, a lot of my clients have pre-existing injuries. I'm sure a lot of your patients do as yeah. well. So let's say they had a pre-existing blown disc. It's lost complete hydration over the years. It's a black disc now. Mm -hmm. At least that's how it's showing up on film. How do you determine there's a new acute you know, issue or um, injury that may have uh, made this, you know, try to say it increases the severity of their pain? Sure. So we can call it um, exacerbation. Exacerbation or aggravation of a pre-existing latent Correct. injury. So if, if it's someone that was unfortunately in an accident previously um, and the physicians ordered the proper radiology, we'll have a, a reference point to compare the two. Uh, um, absent of having previous radiology, you'll just have to look at the, the findings on the film again. Now you can have the black disc, but you can also have other areas um, that may show uh, changes in it. And it's due to the gray and the whites and the blacks when we're looking at the uh, radiology. So, and from my experience, you're treating symptomatology or symptoms, not the pathology or, uh, you know, the way it actually looks. Unless uh, you have significant cord compression and to the point where you need to see a surgeon right away, mm -hmm. it's really, you're just looking at symptoms. You're not looking at pathology, correct? Correct. Well, people walk in the door because they have symptoms, but we kind of dress folks in a global sense meaning that if their shoulder hurt or their knee hurts, we're not just looking at that, but we do address it. But we look at the whole system because we understand how the body functions as a whole and just not as a piece. So we try to um, fix everything that may cause the new injury to be worse. So we, in other words, we try to get the whole system stable and uh, on a good track for healing. So do you see a lot of, um, you know, numbness and tingling in the hands or, you know, which relates obviously to the neck mm -hmm. or in the back, you'll see like a grip, not, not grip strength loss in the uh, hands rather, but you'll see a strength loss in the uh, lower extremities. You'll see uh, individuals who feel like their feet are asleep all day mm -hmm. long, the pins and needle feeling that extends from the back all the way down to their feet. Correct. What is this relating to? What causes this? Oh, good point there. Um, so on uh, the neck more common than the lumbar or lower extremities. And the, so with the spine, you have the thoracic outlet and those bundle nerves kind of looks like a pack of twizzlers and it goes through um, the shoulder area. And when you have those injuries and those muscles tighten up and you got inflammation is compressing nerves and causing irritation. And that's what happens in the neck area. In the lumbar, when the spine comes out and it bifurcates, it goes through the back and it splits into what's most commonly known as the sciatica, which is the largest nerve in the body. And it's easily irritated by any imbalances of muscles and so forth down there. So when you have those injuries and all the inflammation the muscles are tightened up, it's going to cause the irritation and cause the numbness and tingling um, down the legs, maybe into the feet. And that's one of the signs of nerve interference. Okay. Does it also happen when the disc touches the, uh, you know, there's compression onto the nerve? Absolutely. The nerves don't like to be touched, whether, no matter what's touching it. So you've got some sort of lesion, touch your nerve, it's going to cause uh, the shock or pain sensations down the entire pathway of that nerve. And depending on which toe it goes to, the, the body is a map. When we look at it, certain um, digits on the hand, certain toes are innervated by different nerves. So if they tell you one toe, three toes, or whatever the toe is, we can almost pinpoint to where the problem originates from. And that's called dermatomes. That is correct, the dermatomes, yes. Yes. I guess the best question is, when, what is the threshold in your practice of when a patient has done everything possible, taken every less restrictive measure, mm -hmm. and now they're a candidate for surgery? What, when do you make that determination? What do you like to see? What do you need to see to make mm -hmm. that? Okay, so like kind of how a case unfolds, they come into the initial exam, we'll see them for a certain amount of visits. We do a re-exam within a couple of weeks to see if they're coming along as they should based upon um, folks we've seen in um, in the past. 
and then we move on. We, we order we order the radiology kind of soon, like in the first thirty days, uh, we get the body a chance to heal a little bit. So um, less information, we get a clean picture on the radiology, and we'll they'll treat conservatively. Uh, usually about 15, 25 visits. And then by that time they had the radiology done, they had an EMC exam done. And then either, uh, depending on how the radiology comes back, we know which path to take either neuro referral or ortho referral. Okay. So what, what are you seeing that would give you the inclinations in the doctor ortho referral? Ortho is anything spinal related. So okay. uh, disc issues, uh, ligament type issues, uh, neuro. If they still, if they came in with numbness and tingling in any of their extremities, those folks would uh, more so go down the um, neuropath. Or uh, a lot of times we see folks with mild gray concussions, and then sometimes they also have to see the neurologist for that. So if, if there's, um, and this is obviously everybody's different, but there's some numbness tingling going on, wouldn't a spine surgeon be able to correlate that? What's the purpose of the neurologist? Well, that's that's good because um, in these type of clinics, they're specialists. So um, just like you won't go to a Chinese restaurant and order steak. Can they make steak? Sure. But you would probably go to a steakhouse to get the best type of steak. Sure. So the neurologist, that's his specialty. That's his specialty. That's what he does all day, every day. Understood. What other common injuries are you seeing in terms of uh, you know, the upper body? Are we seeing shoulder injuries? Shoulder is very common. Usually uh, we'll see the, the injuries, um, if it's the driver, from the left coming down the right, basically around the seatbelt. A lot of times with the females or the folks that are, are skinny or less meat on them. We see the lap belt uh, type of bruising and injuries, but the shoulders can be very common and it can translate down the arm and cause some issues into the hand even. So how do you determine if it's uh, the, if the hand or the arm is uh, related to the shoulder versus the neck? Yeah, that's good. Um, that's when the orthopedic testing comes into play, dermatome testing, muscle testing, to kind of pinpoint uh, where the origin of the uh, problem is. And that's why they check to see if like, you have carpal tunnel or... Correct. Correct. Is that common from auto accidents? Carpal not so much, but it can't. We we do things, see things that come from the elbow that kind of presents as carpal tunnel. And folks that's never been in accidents, I see them. They come in and they they're experiencing carpal tunnel symptoms, but it actually doesn't originate in the hand, and it actually comes from the elbow. If you're owner, mm-hmm. so if you look at the studies of carpal tunnel carpal tunnel surgeries, the success rates are not very good. And also, people go back for the same issue again. They still have the same symptoms afterwards because it's one of the most misdiagnosed uh, procedures. Um, so a lot of it, in our in our clinics at least, we see it comes from the elbow. And this is from uh, some training we got from some orthos from Europe. So how do you injure your elbow in a car accident? What's the uh, mechanism? Sure. In an auto accident or or just daily life, this happens all the time. Um, so in the, in the arm, you have two bones, the radius and the ulna. So when you flip your hand over and back, you supinate and pronate, the, the bone rotates, and sometimes it gets stuck somewhere in that motion pattern, and it cuts off the nerve pathway to a certain percentage going downstream. Going downstream so And then the hand starts to get those symptoms of carpal tunnel. Okay. Is shoulder injuries very common? Not as common as neck, but they are common, depending on the person. Usually the uh, smaller folks, children, uh, females, or um, smaller men, right? The more meat, the more bulk on someone, the greater chance they have of sustaining less of an injury from the auto accident. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So what type of shoulder injuries are we seeing? Um, usually never any tears, just more so muscle-type uh, uh, muscle injuries, bruising, um, I have had some folks come post-surgical uh, that, uh, you know, tore some of the ligaments in the shoulder. Most commonly injured uh, or the rotator cuff muscles. Most common is the supraspinatus muscle. And so those are the most common type of injuries. Yeah, I've seen a few supraspinatus issues this year. Mm-hmm. 
phone's going off. You're always Sorry. blowing up. <laughs> Understood. So that pretty much concludes all my questions. I, I can't think of much else. I know that you probably see some lower extremity issues. Yeah. You know, just one of you, you know, I just have a few more questions. And one of the issues would be uh, headaches. Oh, man. How often are they associated to a neck injury? What's the origin? You know, I know headaches are, oh, man. it's a very vague term and it's a vague sure. injury in society itself. And often we can't mm -hmm. figure out what causes them, whether it's cluster headaches or migraines. Right. But after an auto accident, let's say the person who was asymptomatic beforehand mm -hmm. or they had no issue with the, uh, the head, right, right, right. now they have headaches. Right. What was the cause? So those are very, very, actually, I'll be remiss to say that's one of the most very common symptoms that folks come in with. And everyone says, oh, I have a headache. So then we had to do a little bit more research. I'll say, okay, do you smell anything weird before the headaches come? Do you see any floaties before they come? So if they answer yes to either of those questions, we know it's now not a headache, but more it's more of a migraine, post-traumatic in nature. So um, those are treated a little differently than your run-of-the-mill tension headache, cluster headaches. And those are most commonly associated with the muscles tightening up and pressing down on the nerves from the uh, from the neck up into the head. And so those are, those are very, very common and... Uh, so in the beginning, folks are taking whatever they need to take to alleviate the pain. But once we get the spinal alignment and get the nerve pathways um, back open, uh, a lot of those symptoms seem to dissipate fairly quickly. Okay, and that can alleviate the headache. Correct. How about TMJ, the jaw? TMJ, that is there's another good one. Um, there's 14 associated symptoms of the TMJ. That's probably a whole other podcast there, and we can address the dental uh, industry on that. But just in a nutshell, uh, the TMJ. If you have any misalignment, there's disc in the, in the mouth there. So if you have any misalignment, when you open and close your mouth, you look in the mirror and the jaw goes to the left or goes to the right or forward or back, you know you have a TMJ issue. And this can present itself as some of the most common headaches, neck pain, back pain type of things, all coming from the jaw. Crepitus. Mm, crepitus. Yep. That um, popping sound. Ruxism, grinding the teeth at night, very common. Um, think about a, a dentist. If you do anything inside the mouth, if you don't balance out both sides, if you get a filling or a crown or whatever the case may be, there's going to be a certain percentage that is going to be off or higher, which is going to affect how the jaw closes. So all those things can affect the TMJ. How do you treat the jaw? The jaw, depending on if it's posterior disc, anterior disc in the jaw, meaning like how the how the jaw moves when it closes. And it's just simple adjustments. It's like all the other bones, it's just out of alignment. Okay. Yeah. Well, anything you else you want to talk about? Or I think we've covered it all. It's pretty yeah. pretty exhaustive. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we hit over the major areas, neck pain, whiplash injury, low back injuries, both with anterior and retrolysthesis type injuries. Fractures, not as common, really. Um, and some folks, they get the radiology done, and, and they all look for the fractures. So those aren't as common. Okay. Unless it's uh, someone that's a little bit older and, and the bones are a little bit more brittle, usually women. They lose a the calcium as they age, so the most common with the female versus the males. Understood. Yeah. Well, that concludes our latest podcast. I thank Dr. Fred Williams from Kingdom Chiropractic for coming down. How do uh, my my uh, listeners, how do they get in touch with you if they need a consultation, if they're injured? Sure. Um, so the best way uh, you can reach us is at www.kingdomchiropractic.com. Also, uh, the same handle on Instagram and also on Facebook. Uh, so you can reach us any of those ways. Or, um, or we have a 1-800-24-hour injury helpline, which is uh, 1-844-FL-SPINE. So just remember, if you're in a wreck and need a check, don't waste time. Call 1-844-FLORIDA-SPINE. One call, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the jingle. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you. This episode of David versus Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us, visit dolmanlaw.com. 
That's D-O-L-M-A-N-Law.com or call 866-965-6242. The insights and views presented in David vs. Goliath are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not a substitute for consulting with an attorney, nor does tuning into this podcast constitute an attorney-client relationship of any kind. Any case result information provided on any portion of this podcast should not be understood as a promise of any particular result in a future case. Dolman Law Group. Big firm results. Small firm personal attention.